Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Saturday, August the 6th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, moot, which means deprived of practical significance. Moot. Hope everyone is enjoying their Saturday or will enjoy their Saturday. We made it to the weekend. Finally. Been kind of a long week. Uh, Don't know about you guys, but hey, we're here. I got to work later on today anyway. But I'm supposed to be off tomorrow. So we will see. We will see. And of course, the weather is uh, here in North Carolina, like much of the country. The heat, the heat, the heat. It is going on any and everywhere. We are experiencing a heat wave, along with wildfires and flooding. Man, but uh, we're expecting, uh, we were expecting some rain this weekend, but that went away as the week progressed. So now they're saying maybe Wednesday or Thursday we'll get a bit of a cool down, if you can say that. Temperatures are still going to be in the 90s, though. Still going to be in the 90s. But I believe... uh, uh, one prediction or one model I saw said Thursday it could be in the 80s. <laughs> if that's a cool down. I, hey, I'll take it. A little bit of rain. I just will. I just will. Man, uh, I know you guys have heard of and, and seen the video footage of that car running through that stoplight in L.A. Man, six were killed. And this, uh, the, the, what it is, they're saying a 37-year-old woman who was a traveling nurse ran a red light. And of those six, uh, two uh, was a mother, an expecting mother who was on her way to a prenatal checkup and her toddler, 18 months old, I believe. Wow. Um, those that witnessed said they saw that child being ejected from the car and hitting the concrete. Man. Uh, wow. Just wow. She, uh, she ran through the, the, the red light, this, the stoplight. I mean, she didn't even brakes. There were no brakes. She just accelerated. I don't know what she was doing. I don't know if she was on something or if she was tired, but there was no braking. It was all acceleration. And she ran straight through that intersection and hit those cars, hit multiple cars or, or hit a car. And, and that car went into a gas station. And if you've seen the footage, you know what happened. Man, uh, I don't know what's on some folks' minds when they're driving. Certainly have to be cautious and aware of what's going on around you. I do daily. And and just last night, I saw an accident right in front of me. Uh, a T-bone, actually. I, I, for the life of me, I don't know what that guy was saying when he tried to turn in front of that car that had the right of way, had a green light. He was turning, and the car coming through the intersection hit him. T-bone. Uh, I don't know what's going, like I said, I don't know what's going on with folks. Um, I can remember if this makes sense to you. Uh, a vehicle is indeed a weapon. It just is. If you're not paying attention or you don't have all your faculties about you, or you're thinking or wondering about what's going on in your life, it's a projectile. It's a weapon. So we got to be more vigilant and just stop and think and focus on what we're doing when we're driving. Man. That was, uh, that, that's certainly there. That that took me, that threw me. Six people killed. She ran straight through the, uh, right, 
straight through the light, the intersection. She didn't even break. She and and I and for the life of me, I don't know how fast that speed limit is on that road, but uh, she was exceeding that speed limit. The first time I saw that video, I thought, hey, maybe they sped it up, but no, because the other cars were just doing what they were supposed to do. They had the right of way, and she, and one car was stopped, and she came over in the other lane and went straight through. Man, just wow, just wow. Um, just prayers for everyone, man, even her. Pray for her also. Looks like a, a school district here in North Carolina, Madison County, to be more uh, specific, in the mountains, is making AR-15s available for all of the district school's resource officers. And this move was uh, approved and supported by the superintendent intended, and the school board. So that these SROs up here in uh, Madison County, in the county, in the country, out in the mountains, they are they are going to have AR-15s at their disposal. Now these guns are going to be locked in the safe, of course. They're not going to be just laying around or whatever. Um, no quarrels from me. I say kudos to you. Needs to be done. Might just needed to happen a while back, because as we all know, we, we all know about that school shooting um, a few months ago down in Texas. We just do. Uh, the only quarrel I have, why are you telling? <laughs> Don't tell nobody. Just have those guns at the ready. So whoever pops up can get popped. It's all the quarrel I got. But I understand you have to tell, have to let people know. It is a public, you, you are in the public school system, so you got to let the parents know, whatever, what have you. I, I understand wholeheartedly. But uh, I still say don't tell nobody. Just let, let's surprise them the way they're trying to surprise everyone else. Let them walk in and find out the hard way. Just do, just do. Yeah, that that there. Uh, now, uh, what what also came about? If you're saying to yourself, "Well, well uh, are these officers equipped to uh, handle these weapons?" Where they're going to receive additional training. They're, they're going to train. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, just like uh, down in Texas, we saw on that video, those officers were unprepared. Maybe they get some uh, preparedness training on, on how to handle a hostile uh, shooting when the shooter is in the building, in the classroom. Maybe they get some training on that also, in addition to how to, how to handle these AR-15s. Uh, I think every school district in this nation, in this nation, should have these weapons. I'm, I, I know it sounds odd, but that is the world we are living in. Give these SROs these assault rifles because they're trying to fight somebody that has an assault rifle, possibly with multiple rounds, body armor on, and all they have is their sidearm. No. Give them AR-15s, every single last one of them. Fight fire with fire. Just it. Just it. That's just me. That's just me. It is. Uh, all moving on along. Also, looks like uh, the WNBA's Brittany Griner Thursday, she received uh, her punishment in a Russian court on drug smuggling charges. She was sentenced to nine years. And of course, you know that that has left many uh, here in the USA that are saying, oh, Lord, bring her home. This is just cruel and harsh. Um, maybe it is. But maybe it is. Now, she continues to maintain she didn't purposely put those vape cartridges in her bags to bring into Russia. But you had them on you. Just did. So you had been using them. Like I said before, she did have a doctor's note for medical marijuana. 
she just did. And and Russia, um, of course, is saying to the U.S., hey, this is her sentence. You want to start negotiations, you can start negotiations now. Uh, and now there, Russia is coming to the table and said uh, negotiations are, are open. It's up to the U.S. But you know the U.S. policy is, hey, we'll we'll do a prisoner swap, uh, Brittany Griner for for uh, the former Marine Paul Whelan. We'll if you give us the, those two, we'll give you the Merchant of Death. And then Russia re- came back and said, not only do we want the Merchant of Death back, we also want a known hired government sponsored hitman back also who's serving time in germany hmm. uh negotiations 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 we'll see how this turns out but yeah she got a nine-year prison sentence in russia sweet jesus praying for praying for her uh an interesting thing that has came up for many people here in the u.s and i don't think they fully understand or Maybe somehow, some way, they too feel privileged. Apparently, there's a mindset that it wasn't that many, it wasn't that much. Why are they giving her so many years? Uh, she's not here in the United States, folks. She's in Russia. This is this is Russia's. This is their laws. Their, it's their countries. It's their way of life. If they have stricter and harsher penalties, they just have them. Now, many people are also saying, well, she wasn't a drug smuggler. smuggler. There was a... a and there was only a few uh, fake cartridges or whatever, however you word it, that wasn't drug smuggling. If that's Russia's law, regardless of how much you have on you, that's Russia's law. Can't throw the U.S. Constitution in there. That's a different country. You're in a foreign land. And as I said before, I would think and I would hope you would check and make sure you know what you're doing before you travel abroad. Just do. Just do. Um, like I said, praying for, but hey, it is what it is and it's going to be what it's going to be. Just is. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, man, China. <laughs> uh, China's going back and forth, or they're, really they're not going back and forth with uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. You know, China's upset because she went to Taiwan earlier this week, and also North Korea has chimed in. They said she's a dis, pretty much she's a disgrace to the international community and talks and negotiations. <laughs> wow. And of course, you know, Russia, they ramped up their military exercises uh, right when she was leaving and they started firing their missiles and sent out their warships. Wow. Just wow. Um, don't know how to address that or what to say about that. Seems like a bunch of grown folks fighting in a sandbox, arguing over one toy. Tit for tat comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, China's none too pleased with the Speaker of the House. In fact, so they they pretty much cens- uh, censored her, uh, told her to be quiet. They don't want any, and now they're saying they don't want any negotiations, and it's putting a hampering on uh, uh, U.S. and China relations as far as the talks that were going on about certain uh, events and, and certain uh, problems with both on both sides of the of country. They don't want to even talk to the U.S. anymore because of this. <laughs> uh, grown folks arguing over nothing. <laughs> Tit for tat. Hey, it is what it is and it's going to be what it's going to be. We'll see what happens with this also. Man, certainly there's a lot, go- a lot going on. I guess we are back to normal. 
after COVID, international community is up in arms. The U.S. is up in arms. You got Brittany Griner and, and, and that situation. And now you have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, that has stirred the pot between China and the U.S. Wow. Just wow. Just wow. All right. Let's go get it. Man, uh, as we all know, uh, COVID, it drastically affected uh, the education system, not just here in North Carolina, but uh, throughout this country. And more specifically, we're going to horn in on North Carolina because uh, last Monday, the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction uh, went into a a, uh, meeting with uh, members of the Board of Education and the state legislature, legislature, and they came out and they said uh, that it could take upwards of three to four years to get students back to where they need to be with the education they are receiving. No surprise there. We all knew COVID was doing just that. Uh, they spent, these kids spent the better part of a year or a year and a half going on two years out of school. They just did. And, and, and I can remember firsthand with my daughter, if you go back to some of my earlier pod, podcasts back in uh, 2020, when I told you I had that big argument with that laptop trying to get things going. Uh, yeah, there was no face-to-face instruction. It was all online. Man, so that threw the kiddies back. And and however, they are saying they are seeing some positive trends and outcomes with uh, literacy efforts already in place. Now, as, as I said, we all know one million students uh, learning was disrupted, disrupted in uh, 2020 through 2021. But they will remain in public school this fall. So I guess we're going to have a full school year this year if everything goes well. And what educators are also saying, uh, they're going to implement a new plan that will help the kids learn faster and hopefully retain more. Hmm. I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, the numbers were, like I said, between 2020 and 2021, after they ca- we came out of the pandemic in the fall of uh, of last year, as uh, far as the literacy rates for, for kids in ki- kindergarten, uh, it was at 27%. And for those first graders who had kindergarten thrown away or done away with, their literacy rate was at 38%. But after all the help they've been receiving this past year, they're saying those kindergartners showed a 67% reading proficiency. And those first graders who I said that their kindergarten year was done away with or disrupted, they showed a 63% in the spring increase in reading proficiency. Wow. So those those literacy uh, programs that many of the school systems or pretty much all the school systems have in place seem to be working. I know firsthand, I can tell you firsthand, I took advantage of it with my daughter. I, hey. I'm not one of those parents that sits around and says, my child is this, my child is that. Hell, your child had a whole year, to almost two years out of school with no face-to-face instruction, just all online. So any parent that is still sticking with that old mantra, uh, you're really doing your child a great disservice. So yeah, I, I, I use those, uh, my wife and myself, we use the, the, the little after-school program where they helped her with her reading and math. We, we had to bite the bullet. 
We just had to make time to, to make sure it was done at the school because, hey, I know firsthand full well, I could see a drastic drop in her uh, education. And also I could see a drastic drop in her uh, social skills. We all know that's that's out there and that's going to have to be addressed also. Just is, just is. Now this, um, like I said previously, this learn more and faster uh, approach to education uh, it has many teachers, they aren't alarmed, but they're they're raising an all too familiar question and alert that if you want to implement this form of education now, you're going to have to hire more teachers and you're going to have to retain them with better pay and benefits. Rightfully so. You just can't put this burden on these teachers, these teachers like we did during the pandemic where they just totally went to online. That was a, a, a problem. Here in North Carolina, uh, our teacher retention and our teacher hiring is in the crapper. It's down the tank. Uh, a lot of teachers, it's been reported even before COVID that they were just, you know, they would get their certification, get their training, and then, then they would leave and go to another state because the pay was better. So North Carolina is going to have to up the ante on that pay also. They just are. Now, the, the $350 million, we all know about the COVID relief fund. Uh, there was apparently there's $350 million that was allocated for schools here in, in North Carolina, and that's set to expire in 2024, in two years. So they're going to have to implement these changes, and they're, they're saying, hey, we're going to implement these changes, and we're going to use every cent of that money. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is going to go towards teacher pay. But dare I say that they're going to have to look into that, look into that, and they're going to have to look deeply into that, and they're going to have to implement some changes on this hiring and retention of these teachers if they want to put these programs to work and have them working successfully. Now, uh, like I said, the lower grades have seen improvements, and and of course, educators have more time to educate. But what about those high schoolers? Now, here's the interesting thing that 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 came. Out. We all know about the problems with the lower schools, the, the, the lower kids and the lower grades kids in school. So, hey, they have more time to educate and implement these ideas and, and programs and they can mold and, and shape their young minds to go with this uh, retain more and faster. Got a kind of problem with that because uh, it pretty much sounds like you're shoving it down their throat. But then again, maybe maybe not. But as for those high schools, now let's be honest with each other. Those high schoolers, those that were in the 11th and 12th grade or are coming up now this year, they're getting ready to graduate. And the ones that have already graduated, they have a problem also. How are you going to uh, help them? A lot of kids came, uh, graduated from high school during COVID. And they, if they were fortunate enough to go to college, a lot of the colleges now here in North Carolina, and I'm pretty sure throughout this country, are saying they're seeing, they have seen a learning drop. So what are the colleges now going to do about this to combat this? Uh, they're going to have to look into their tools and resources also. The hell? Now, one of the things that came up was uh, we all know the remedial courses. You know, back in the day, if you were in remedial, you <laughs> oh, you got rogue, you got rogue. But these remedial courses in colleges and maybe even some in high school, but more specifically in colleges, they are needed. But some colleges are saying they're not going to use the remedial courses. Apparently, they're just going to put these kids, uh, these young men and women in these courses and see how they do. I hope that they do better and maybe even implement this uh 
learn more and faster program. The education system, man, COVID tore it up. The old way of learning is gone away with it. Um, this learn more and faster, and, and that's pretty much where they're saying that they're going to uh, give the students more education, more more uh dump more on them as far as learning and they're going to do it at a faster pace. So they're going to have to get these teachers and dare I say, these parents on board with this also. Like I said previously, you can't just sit there and say, my child is this and that. And I'll let the teachers handle it. Nope, it's going to take a whole community effort. Everyone is going to help, have to help. Just like everyone has learned by now how COVID has affected us as adults, think about these children, how much of the, uh, it has affected their education. Like I said, with those numbers, with the, the at reading proficiency and how it was so low back in the fall for those first graders that would have been in kindergarten during that 2020, 2021 school year, how that number was low. And now it has turned around because they implemented these uh, policies with literacy policies, with helping these kids with reading and their proficiency. Just think about that for a moment. Those kids that went in, that, that were in kindergarten, and I've said it before, that had to be the, one of the hardest things they're going to face. Uh, sitting in front, of, uh, uh, in front of a computer. First time in school. You were uh, fortunate enough to be advanced to the first grade. And then when you got there and you were back in school, uh, there were some nuances that these kids didn't know about or couldn't understand. For the first time in their lives, literally, they were face to face with their teachers where they were used to seeing them on a video screen. That's a problem. And that's a problem. I'm glad to see that they're honestly and proactively addressing this because to be honest with you, I probably I, I, I thought they were just, you know, hey. We all know how this education system works here, not just in North Carolina, but in the United States. We all know a lot of time and money isn't vested in education. But I think now, in order for this country to move forward and be productive, they're now going to have to force, COVID has forced their hands where they're going to have to start putting that time and money into education. No question, no doubt. If you want to turn out a productive society of workers and thinkers and entrepreneurs, you got to put the work in, in education. You got to put funds behind it. You no longer can have teachers being the lowest paid and don't care whether they are retained or whether they uh, go elsewhere. Can't turn a blind eye. You can't just walk away from it. It is here. It is now. It is COVID. This is the, these are the results of COVID. It just is. Uh, it did indeed shake things up, turn it upside down, smacked it up, flipped it, did whatever it did, pretty much what it want, wanted to. And it exposed these problems we have in our education system and how we educate and how we treat those who are the educators. So that money and time is now going to have to go into education. Sorry, it just is. It needs to, it needed to for a while now. So that's, that's a plus. COVID has forced the hand of many elected officials, elected and appointed officials, so much so that they're now going to have to use that money. And, and that $350 million that is expected or, or, or known to expire in 2024, 
I think we're going to have, they're going to have to go back and ask for more. Three to four years to get these kids back to where they should be proficient in literacy and mathematics. Three to four years, ain't a, it, it ain't no time, folks. It goes by like that. We're going to need more time. These kids, uh, they, they, they just... They just are. This is a different generation. This is a different time. They are in need of these funds and they are in need of these um, teachers also. Because another thing that came up uh, uh, here in North Carolina, they pretty much got rid of, there are a few, they pretty much got rid of uh, uh, the the teacher's aid. So that's another thing that came up. We're going to need teacher's aids also. Yes, they are. They just are. You're going to need more teachers and you're going to need teacher's aides. You have to put those teacher's aides back in the classroom to help. Can't turn a blind eye. You can't turn your head. You can't toot your butt up in the air and say, screw it. You guys aren't getting any more money. You're going to have to come up off that money. And then some. So the chances are, if at the state level, uh, they they may have some funds set aside, set aside. They're going to have to dig into that, and they're going to have to go back to those fed, those feds also, and get some money because three hundred and fifty million, and it's expected to expire in two thousand twenty four. That ain't long, and that ain't much. Glad to see that, that these numbers are rising. It, it's showing that the teachers are putting in the work, and and along with the parents. So if you're saying to yourself, well, they, they're doing a good job of what they have, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, and no. Yeah, they are, and no, you can't just say that. You got to give them more. If you want the United States to bounce back, and this is what I keep hearing from everyone on both sides of the aisle, you want the United States to bounce back, you want to create jobs, you want to create this, that, and whatever, uh, what have you, you got to put the funds behind it. You got to put some work in. Can't just walk away anymore. Just can't, just can't. Like I said, I'm glad to hear these numbers are rising. And, and, and a side note, like I, uh, I touched on earlier, the, the social growth impact of these kids being out of school because of COVID, not the interaction that is needed, the basic, one of the basics uh, we need as human beings, social interaction with each other, that's going to be, have to be addressed. And it's, been, it's being addressed because they're putting more, uh, I guess, school psychologists and nurses in the school to help and talk to the kids and get those social skills back up. That's also important in the development and education that helps you become more confident and, and you're eager to learn. So there, there certainly is a lot, and I mean a lot, that is that has to be addressed with education in these kids now. Uh, it's, it has forced us and it's going to force us to look hard and deep within ourselves and within our pocketbooks also to get these funds to these teachers and these educators because it's needed. And as far as the college level, uh, wow, just like they, they touched on, we had a lot of seniors that graduated during COVID and now you have those that were in their sophomore year or junior year going into their senior year, they're getting ready to graduate and they're a little behind also. So colleges are going to have to address that with those remedial courses. Uh, A lot of kids, a lot of young men and women are in need of that. So they won't waste their time and money. We're going to have to uh, wrap things up and amp things up to stay um, prevalent in this international community, in the world. Because one thing I can remember, uh, 
uh, right when COVID was out, uh, China had uh, what they called these pods. And they had been using these pods for a while where they would just set pods up and the kids would go in and get their instruction for the day on a, a, a laptop. And those kids were, uh, <laughs> well, we all know about China and their education system. Talk as much trash as you want to about them as far as politics. But their education uh, education system is, uh, I'm not mistaken, pretty top-notch, one of the best. So we're going to have to find uh, find more ways to educate these kiddies, looks like. Just is. Just is. Man, uh, before I go, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit. Man, last night I finally got out. I had a Friday off, and I finally got out, and I was fortunate enough to go. There's a little uh, concert series Durham has every first Friday of uh, – the month and I was privy to go out and enjoy myself. And I ran across a Harlem beer distributing North Carolina. Now I have seen these guys on the news. Uh, it's a Harlem beer company, a brewery out of Harlem, New York. And apparently they have something here in North Carolina. Also thoroughly enjoyed it. Glad to see you guys in North Carolina, black owned and operated. Of course. Thank you. Much needed, much needed. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback, and it has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, wherever you are streaming, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. Thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.